0: All right, welcome back, Mike Farrell Sports Show. My name is Adam, and as always, the godfather of recruiting is on his own show. If not, why would he not be? Although I was, I was afraid he wouldn't show up. He's pretty pissed off today, so yeah. I wasn't quite sure if he'd make it, but uh, he's back for another week. Mike Farrell, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Good. The heat the heat gets
1: me. Um, yeah, I noticed he's waited to stop, re- like start recording after. I was like, Dude. yeah. I think that's, no, that's a not- good start. Mike's hydrating
0: term. with what we don't know. I don't think that's really important, but, uh, oh, that's coffee. Uh, that's coffee fair enough. Irish coffee, coffee. We're not sure. No, 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 no. Okay. I um, I just to start rumors here.
1: Yeah, but the heat, the heat gets me going and, um, you know, luckily I will say this. It's been a week so far, knock on wood where there hasn't been a ton of quarterback hate. Um, you know, two weeks ago was our spanning yeah. and then last week into this week, leading into this week was Caleb Williams, but it's been pretty, pretty quiet. I even said something good about a quarterback with, uh, with Anthony Richardson getting rid of the AR 15 moniker, Yeah, which I thought was appropriate, which, you know, sucks for him. It's not his fault. I mean, those are his initials and his Jersey number. But, you know, stepping away from that was probably a smart move.
0: Um, Yeah, you appreciate the self-awareness that the kid kid has, right, to go, hey, wait a minute, you know what, like, I get that maybe this isn't all on me, but uh, you appreciate the self-awareness and the folks around him who obviously were like, hey, man, like, that's that's a good idea. The maturity level there, I think there was questions about his maturity last year, right? He was dancing in a hotel room and he did some things maybe off the field people shook their head at, but I think this kind of shows a little bit more about his maturity level.
1: He's a good kid too i mean the ceiling is just so high there and every time i do any sort of quarterback thing um you know he he comes up uh even when i was predicting the records of i did that earlier this week you know i had billy napier going six and six in his first year because it's such a mess that he's inherited and you know the comments are well if they are well i can't call him that anymore if anthony richardson plays you know to his potential six and six isn't isn't going to happen they could go nine and three or, or ten and two and i said yeah and i love the kid i think his potential his ceiling is probably the highest of any quarterback out there uh maybe will levis but he has to do it first uh but the yeah. the off-field awareness is excellent um you know and, and i guess that segues into the quarterback rankings which still lives on it got two, well, 2.8 million views on Facebook and Instagram, which was funny because usually when I scroll through Facebook and Instagram, I either have a really attractive TikToker. Uh, okay. In my in my reels.
0: We'll get um, back to that.
1: Yeah, we can. Uh, which gets like 11 million, or I get like a, <laughs> uh, an animal one because I, I, like, I okay. like I like animals or or a shark one. I like sharks and, and orcas and stuff, or you know some sports one that's viral and then I was scrolling through and I saw mine and I thought it was a joke. You know that somebody was punking me. And you know, quarterbacks, I guess the point of this is A, I get a lot of uh attractive females in my feed. Like
0: that's Mike, the cool. the algorithm algorithm uh, doesn't lie, my friend.
1: Well that's what we're gonna take away from this, aren't we? We're not gonna talk yeah. about Mike's like like of animals and mm-hmm. great whites and orcas. It's gonna be all about that. Um, But the second part being quarterbacks move the needle. So, you know, I could pop that quarterback list up again if I wanted to on Twitter, and it would blow up again. Uh, And I had Bryce Young one, C.J. Stroud two, and then Caleb Williams three, and there's a huge drop-off after the top two. It's huge. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there are some circles where um, the word overrated is being thrown in the same sentence with Caleb Williams. Um, your thoughts on that, obviously. Well, first, let's let let's do this. We should address this first because it's gonna come across like, hey, here's here's Mike punching back, but I'll throw this on screen on YouTube. Caleb Williams owns Mike. You guys had a little back and forth on, on Twitter, uh, and he quote tweeted you and basically said, I'm never coming on your show for your clicks and yada, yada, yada. Right, right. Um, and you actually responded back. Where's the thought? Pretty tongue in cheek around, hey, that's a, that's a pretty good own. I've seen better, but not so bad after all. So um, Caleb Williams owns you, true or false? Mike is so upset about that. He just left the screen. He's back though.
1: No, you know what? I got a, I got a robocall. call. And I don't know oh, how no. to stop them. You can't yeah. stop them. It's impossible. And and they interrupt streaming art because you, you block one number and it'll come in from a different number.
0: My, so Mike's pissed Robo off again. Counts. Here we go. Another pissed well, off they, mic item.
1: But, but it, yeah, I don't know if he owned me. Like it was okay. interesting to see him reply. I wasn't looking for a reply from him. Um, you know, honestly people don't believe this. I wasn't looking for Arch Manning to go viral or anything like that, or be contacted by a bunch of, you know, national media outlets about it. Um, but when I saw that he commented on it, I'm like, all right, well, listen, here's an opportunity for you to talk because him and his dad have not talked together. <clears throat> his dad says one thing to the LA Times and then the kid mm-hmm. refutes it <clears throat> and they're not on the same page, you know, and then he said, I, w- I don't want to do one of your stupid high school interviews and all that stuff. And it, it's it's funny to me because when 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 these you know, some of these, these quarterbacks or not even quarterbacks, just big-time superstars in college football, I'm not going to say divas, I will say big-time stars, you know, when they're younger, they're all looking for attention. They're all clamoring. They all want to follow-back. They all want an article written. They want a dumb high school interview, right? And they, they beg for it. Um, and then when they reach a level of success, which we give them, you know, with a five-star rating or whatever, and then obviously that's validated by all the offers and the attention and stuff like that, then they then they think they're dumb. high school. (laughs) And they are dumb. I mean, it's the same questions over and over again. I mean, this is why I don't do recruiting updates anymore. How'd you like your visit? It was good. They showed love. Yeah, they showed love. What stood out? Uh, Coaches, man. Coaches seem nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like the coaches, the family atmosphere. They really have a plan for me in place as to how I can impact there. I could see myself going there.
0: going there. yeah. Um,
1: are you gonna go back? Yep. Uh, or, who's your top five? I don't have one, but they're up there. And then that's the article. I could, I could, I could just put a different name at the top and just use those quotes. Um, so they fun. are dumb. They're completely dumb high school interviews. Carol. you are absolutely right.
0: Well, I mean, let's let's just go to the story really quickly for those who don't know. Caleb Williams' dad had some quotes. I don't have them in front of me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase here, but essentially saying, hey, Caleb's first intention was always to come back to Oklahoma. He entered the portal so he could come back to Oklahoma. That seems super counterintuitive, right? You don't go into portal to come back to a school. Then the you know the spin was, well, he entered the portal just to come back to Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma fans got all over him. And the next day, Oklahoma signs Dylan Gabriel. And so I guess Oklahoma didn't want Caleb, so he had no choice but to leave. That was kind of the spin. Seems super counterintuitive to anything you do, right? It, it, if you're in the portal, you're in the portal for a reason. Um, if you want to stay at Oklahoma, you, you can stay at Oklahoma. So that, that seemed counterintuitive. You sort of pointed out, hey, I don't, I don't buy a word of that. And that's kind of what, what caused Caleb to, to jump in the fray and, you know, start throwing shots at high school interviews and and demanding to never come on your show again.
1: Yes, which he was never on it in the first place. And I don't understand why he would do it anyways. I mean, it was just an offer. But I will say there's one bit of truth there. there you know, they didn't go in the portal. Oklahoma was still under consideration and I don't have a problem with a kid going into the portal um, and, and shopping around. I said, Bryce Young should go in the portal after last year, just why not? It doesn't hurt anything. There's no penalty to it. Alabama's not going to yank his scholarship. Uh, you know, Oklahoma wasn't going to yank Caleb Williams scholarship, get in there, see what materializes and what, you know, discussions are, are made about NIL and other things that are important to quarterback development at the NFL level, you know. So I do believe that they went in the portal and Oklahoma was still under consideration. I don't believe they went in and they knew they were going to go to USC and Lincoln Riley from the get go because it took a long time for make make a decision. I, I don't believe that the fans had anything to do with it, and that's kind of what I pointed out. I mean, you know, and I also don't believe you can possibly think on this planet in 2022 that you can go in the portal and that the team is not going to cover their butt by getting another quarterback mm-hmm. that, that yeah. thought process cannot exist now it may that may be what carl thinks and that may be what caleb thinks but it's just not realistic so of course they got another quarterback of course the fans weren't happy that's life um but I do believe he was considering Oklahoma and maybe some of the other things in there were true. Like Oklahoma, you know, didn't really provide the the vision for his NFL development and all that stuff. But I don't know. I I paraphrased, you know, people say, Oh, that's, that's, did you, did you, you know, reference the LA times you misquoted, you paraphrased. Yeah, I did. It's horrible journalistic integrity. I don't, I'm, I'm not the poster child for journalistic integrity. What I do is I create discussion yeah. and I try to engage college football fans and make things fun. Um, now, I wasn't doing it to try to stir the pot. I wasn't doing it to to serve some agenda, but I was certainly upset at any inkling and reference that the fans might have driven him away. That's just, I mean, come on. It, it, the first pick he throws at USC is going to get a bunch of hate on social media. That's the mm. way it is.
0: Well, then let's get back to the question at hand then. So you had him three on your quarterback chart. uh, Mm -hmm. And then the word overrated has kind of crept into the conversation. Uh, So um, is he overrated? I mean, in your opinion, is there an overrating there? Is it, you know, is he a system quarterback with Lincoln Riley? I I guess, where do you, where do you feel like he slots in now? Um, and, And is three too high for him on that list?
1: Well, from a ceiling perspective, he's very high. And, and I think a lot of these, you know, quarterback rankings come from a combination of ceiling, a combination of what we expect to happen, and a combination of what we see. You know, we saw Bryce Young win the Heisman last year. We saw CJ Stroud come on, you know, late in the season and, and really develop into a, you know, potential number one overall draft pick. Um, with Caleb Williams, we have a freshman season to go on. He was electric and showed that ability to run and throw and keep defenses off balance. Um, showing you be three, you could make a case for Tyler Van Dyke. You could make a case for Sam Hartman. You could make a case for Hendon Hooker. You could make a case for other guys that had better numbers last year. Um, overrated. I don't think so. Um, my concern about Caleb Williams is size. Um, mm. you know, he's not the biggest guy in the world. And this is another thing this goes back to like this, this bad blood goes back. When I was doing quarterback comparisons um in in that class class was it 2021 i believe i compared him to tyrod taylor It didn't go over well in the williams family um tyrod taylor was a five-star quarterback tyrod taylor was very very good at virginia tech uh tyrod taylor was drafted i don't know third round maybe uh because he didn't have great size but he had a, a really good arm and a good feel for when to run and when to pass uh tyrod taylor's not a elite starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's just solid backup and he's a starter when you need him to be. Hmm. Yeah. And that's what I saw from Caleb Williams. And then everybody's like, well, how can he be a five star? I go, this is a five star based on a combination of college and NFL, but mostly, you know, college and how they project. And, you know, with Kyler Murray being drafted number one overall and Baker being drafted number one overall size is not as big of an issue anymore. Uh, I think it's coming back to the forefront and that's what i worry about is he's just not the biggest quarterback in the world and you know durability and those things are, are going to be coming into question but overrated i don't really know how you can make a case based on what i just said for anybody else to be number three
0: what kind of season do you think he'll have out at USC? Um, you know, do you have any projections, or what do you want to see him sort of improve? I know he played a little bit, obviously, his freshman year, and and you know Spencer Rattler, he became you know sort of the, the god because Rattler was was vilified by fans out there, right? So what do you what do you want to see from him in year two, um, as he takes over at USC?
1: Yeah, so th- this is funny because you didn't even plan to do this, but it's a good segue. So I've been working with a math guy. I'm not a math guy. I'm I'm a um, you know SAT for old school people. And I don't know if it's back yeah. in 1600, but I'm more of a, you know, literal person than a math guy. But I got with a math guy and we started, I came up with this idea uh, called the FSP, uh, Feral Statistical Projection. Let's okay. come up with a way to gauge how guys are going to perform next season. And you come up with the math equation. We could tweak it. We could look at it. We did that for months. Uh, and then we have modifiers, modifiers for new coach, new system, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach, new wide receiver coach, whatever. And it's for the skill positions only. Um, so I will be sharing his projections. Uh, they're good. His projections are gonna be very good and he's gonna have a really good season for USC because they added Diet at running back, because they added Addison at wide receiver, because they put so many pieces together around him that that's going to help. Um, he had talent at Oklahoma, but he was a true freshman. You know, his second year in the system with those pieces around him changes his modifier. Uh, so I think he's going to have a, a New York appearance type of season. Oh, uh, Not a Heisman winning season, but I think he could potentially total 50 touchdowns between rushing and passing. That's how big a year he could have.
0: How much do you think what happens at Oklahoma this year will impact what fe- people think about Caleb Williams? Obviously, their offense is way different now. Jeff Levy runs super fast, hurry up. You, you saw it at UCF. You saw it at Ole Miss. Dylan Gabriel. Again, had, had some great years at UCF as a pretty talented quarterback. How much of what they do at Oklahoma do you think will impact what people think about Caleb Williams? I.e., will they go, hey, we're better without him? Like look at the stat cause they're gonna put up stats, right? Oklahoma's gonna put up stats. That's what mm-hmm. Levy does. That's what Dylan Gabriel does. They're gonna put numbers on the board. And numbers aren't everything, but do you think what they do at Oklahoma will impact how people feel about Caleb at USC?
1: Yeah, because you know, one or two things could happen. Dylan Gabriel could go in and put up monster numbers and everybody's going to say, well, look, every Oklahoma quarterback puts up big numbers. It's, mm-hmm. it's that's what we do. Um, you know, Caleb Williams was a, a benefactor of the system and uh, the systems in place. You just replace Lincoln Riley with Jeff Levy. Um, or if they struggle, which I'm leaning more towards struggle because there's so many changes there uh, at Oklahoma offensively. And you always have a little bit of a learning process with a new head coach, a new coordinator. Um, then people are going to say, you know, Oklahoma fans will never say this; they'll never say he's good. Uh, but USC fans and others around the nation will go, "Wow, they really lost out on Caleb Williams because look at what he's doing at USC, but not major numbers." And Oklahoma really, you know, lost him, and and that was bad. So when he initially went into the portal and, and then decided to go to USC, the the national perspective and the fan perspective was wow this is a big blow you know the oklahoma perspective is we like dylan gabriel look at the numbers you put up at ucf years and years ago um it will be fine now we're going to see if they're going to be fine because it's very thin at quarterback there and you know for the first time in a very long time they don't have lincoln riley either as a coordinator or head coach
0: yeah, look, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me. I I, I cover UCF. Uh, I will tell you this: uh, Oklahoma fans, look at Dylan Gabriel's stats. Fourth quarter close ball games, when when UCF was rolling, he was putting up numbers. But close ball games, uh, you know, a third and six when they when they you know they're down by three, and need to get a first down. Ch- check out some of those stats, and, and we'll we'll check back and see how you feel about Dylan Gabriel at that point. But um, all this might comes comes really because of one reason, right? That's the transfer portal, which again is the new norm in college football. Everyone's getting used to it. it it's a thing. But a couple of tweaks have been sort of proposed or some options are being talked about out there one of them is sort of a a a window of time i guess you can enter the portal and it's gonna sort of truncate when you can and can't get in there i know that your new uh maybe not new but your uh your twitter persona of late has been pissed off mike i think this transfer portal thing has you a little bit a little bit salty yeah
1: it does because you know i thought about this you know it's the transfer portals right now 365 you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you can go in anytime you want. Uh, obviously there's parameters as to when you could go in uh, and be eligible for the next season. You know, the SEC, did, they did February 1st to go SEC, SEC. And then it's May 1st for everybody else. Um, and then I thought about it, I'm like, this is kind of crazy. This is a little ridiculous. And if we're checking the portal over and over again, every day, even in, you know, the, the, the heat of July or, you know, during the, the, the season in October, And anybody could jump in at any time. Um, And the randomness of it was overwhelming, especially when the end of the season comes or you head into the offseason or you head into the end of spring ball. Then it's just like a deluge of prospects going in there and and it's just hard to keep up with. And I'm keeping up with it just from, uh, uh, you know, my guy Mark Roshanik runs the, uh, the Feral Portal handle and he's keeping up with it just from a perspective of, you know, tweets and stuff coaches right. have to keep up with it with a perspective of how does this guy fit my roster should i recruit him i got to do a background check on him. why is he leaving Eighty thousand questions need to be answered about every kid going to the portal so when 100 go in in a week it's yeah. overwhelming for them so i thought let's come up with some parameters in our head and then i couldn't i couldn't think of the times and the proper times so a 60-day window it's not going to help things it's going to make you know you're, you're essentially taking you got you've got a a smart car, and you got 15 fat people. Mm, that's okay. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of fat people. Yeah, so fair. you could you could you could put one fat person in the smart car, and then take them where they need to be, and then come back and pick up the second fat person. Um, now you're taking all 15 fat people and put them in a smart car at the same time something's yeah. going to blow up so 60 days is not a good thing and it, you know what timing do you do it at the end after the championship games in december right before the early signing period right before the juco signing period right, right when in-home visits are occurring and recruiting heating up more than any um i just don't think it's the right solution but the problem is i'm, I'm being a problem identifier and not a problem solver i yeah. don't know what the right solution is i i keep going back to the current Situation being the right one, and now there's discussions of no more one-time transfer rule. Yeah, you can transfer anytime, as many times as you want, which is a complete nightmare. Um, it's great for us who cover the portal that it's going to be constant, constant news. His kids will dip in, dip out, and th- this is his seventeenth entry into the portal. Um, but that's not good for college football at all. So. I Again, I think they try to they try to think of smart stuff. I assume they get in a room together with coffee or Irish coffee. And then they come up with just the dumbest ideas ever and it's just consistently occurring. So, I don't know where this idea came from, why if it's 60 days at the end of the season and then another 2-week period at the end of spring ball, but Honestly, the more I think about it, the more the current system should stay, 365, anytime you want. Um, I think there should be a delay. I think if you go in, you shouldn't be put in. So let's say you fill out the paperwork. I think there should be like a one-week, let's chill Mm -hmm. period. And then after a week, you go back to the person and say, do you still want to go in? Um, I think that's smart because it gives them a the time to think. So if they're coming off a bad practice or the coach yelled right. at them or, you know, they're upset about something, they jump at the portal and then all of a sudden they can't take that back. I think they could jump in and then have a week to think about it. That would be smarter than 60 days.
0: Uh, Well, two things from this one, I can't wait to see your algorithm now after you said fat people too many times, I'm sure your phone picked that up. So keep us updated on that algorithm. And secondly-
1: There go go all the attractive.
0: There, you're about to lose that in a hurry. Here's the other thing. Now, if you're a coach, not only do you have to vet out, you know, who's in the portal, does that make sense for my team? Now you gotta also re-recruit the guys on your roster, right? Hey, you good? You're all right? Everything's gonna be okay. Hey, I got plans for you. So you're basically recruiting nonstop at that point. If you took a straw poll, a blind poll of 130, whatever it is, FPS coaches, how do you think they would vote? What do you think they would, what do you think the majority would, would fall in terms of how they want to handle portal windows, open season, three days after the season's done, you got to decide. And that's it. How do you think coaches, if they got a choice and a voice in this would decide?
1: All right. I'm going to give you the answer to that and NIL. And I'm, we're going to take 130 coaches and we're going to ask them, what would your solution be for the portal and NIL? The portal would be, let's go back to the old way. You have to sit out a year. None of okay. this immediate transfer stuff, which is completely unfair because coaches can leave anytime they want without penalty, but right. that's what they want. They want what it was before, which is complete control. So let's say they can't have that out of the 130 coaches. I think they would want multiple windows, not just one. Um, you know, I think they want sort of a recruiting calendar like we have with high school, you get a dead period, you get a quiet period, you get a, you get a recruiting period, you got a dead period throughout the year, come up with those standards for the portal itself, not for actively recruiting, but from this period to this period, you can go in, but you have to wait two weeks before you're allowed to, you know, get through. From this period to this period, you can go in, like maybe at the end of championship games, you can go in and you're immediately eligible. Because, you know, listen, season's over, you've made your decision, whatever. Uh, from this period to this period, it's a one week. Um, I think they would like a calendar rather than just yes. taking 365 days and trying to squeeze it into 60 days and having a smart car disaster. Um, NIL, the answer to every one of those coaches, 130, would be get rid of it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will never admit it. You know, Dabo the only one who's sort of been honest in any way, shape, or form, and he can slammed for it. It's killed for it, (laughs) he gets hammered for it. (laughs) Because you can't be honest in this day and age. You just can't. Um, Listen, we all know they deserve to get paid. Players deserve to get paid. We're making millions and millions off of them, Um, you know. But I think with that has to come some sort of control. It's been all control from the college athletic standpoint. You know, they can run you off the team. They can Mm -hmm. not renew your scholarship. They could yank offers it's all control from college now with nil it's all control from players uh you need to have some sort of checks and balances and by that i mean you know with nil they deserve to make money but if you're going to pay them treat them as employees then make it clear to them listen okay you're making money i can fire you uh i can lay you off i can uh you know well they already do suspend them but there's ramifications with being compensated for anything
0: absolutely. and, and yeah. I,
1: I think those ramifications aren't in place right now um you know if florida cut three players uh a month ago and and all everybody talked about was how billy Napier, you know is a horrible person coming in sunbelt billy you know and and, yeah. and that's not fair so i think nil checks and balances okay great you could make this type of money first of all i have to think that they have to come up with a way to cap recruits um i don't believe yes. these recruit numbers we've talked about this before i don't believe nico's making eight million dollars i don't think Rashada uh, got 9.5 million dollars from miami i saw a graphic the other day that compared him to the nfl salaries of young quarterbacks you know and and it, Rashada's making more than trevor lawrence and I, I laughed. It's it's not happening. That's not true. But I think you have to limit it to current players on the roster, um, and not do this NIL Texas A&M accusation of you know buying recruits. That's where it gets shady. You know, get them on campus and then get them as many deals as possible. But I just don't think you can have any NIL deals in place when they're high school students.
0: Well, Texas, Texas just announced that basically everybody on their team is going to get, I yeah. think it's a matador club. They call it. Everyone's going to get whatever that, that final financial figure is Mike. All right. Since I've got you and a microphone in front of me and, and no one can, can quiet this thing. Here's a crazy idea I want to throw at you. You tell me if this, you think this would work or not. When you come out of high school and you're picking schools, you pick a top three. You go to the first one, right? You go to your number one school as always. And then the other two schools on your list, if at any time in your college career, you want to transfer, you get a free transfer to those other two schools. If you decide, hey, you know what? I don't wanna go to any of these three schools. I wanna go to school X, then you gotta wait or you gotta sit out a year. So essentially you're picking your top three and saying, these are the three I'm going to. You get a free transfer to the, either the other two schools if you don't like school one, but if you go to a fourth or fifth school on your list, then you gotta sit out a year.
1: Not bad, but I can poke a lot of holes in that. Well, of course, um, yes. You know, and, and the biggest one would be, oh, well, how can you hold me to a decision I was making when I was 17? You know i'm 20 now i played yep. three years at one university how am i stuck looking at the other two schools um when i was such a different person so many years ago secondly you would ruin all these awesome announcements where kids take the
0: jersey <laughs> and throw it <laughs> Well, aside. now you hold up three hats mike more hats more merch more <laughs> product you know what i mean a, a triple jersey at this point you know
1: well, I, there was just a video that came out um you know a kid Committed to Georgia, and I, I like that. Kid, I really do quite a bit. I, saw he, I dude, Yeah, he had North Carolina up there. Yeah. Like, nah, it's like that would ruin that funness of sure. um, slamming a team, which is unnecessary, of course. I'm being sarcastic, um, but the other part of it too is, I I keep thinking there's got to be some sort of model here where we can mirror what the uh, Major League Baseball and the NHL do. which is make kids draft eligible out of high school um, and then place them where you want to place them or or advise them. Because here's the thing, you know, and I know more about NHL um, than I do about Major League Baseball. But those kids are allowed to have family advisors and representatives at a very, very young age. So they come out of a prep school or they come out of a, a, a junior league or whatever, and they get drafted sixth overall by the Buffalo Sabres. OK, and the Buffalo Savers really have a say in how many years you're going to stay at mm-hmm. college based on your development or in, you know, a, a minor league system. Um, but they also have a say in what smart decisions you're going to make in your life. I mean, OK, you know, we drafted you and, and a lot of those kids become draft eligible after one year of college. So they've already made their college choices. But I think allowing that advisory level at a young age and saying, okay, you know, we're the, we're the Baltimore Ravens, we've picked um, Arch Manning as our number one pick. You know, we're gonna work with the family to figure out what the best fit for him or the best fit. That something in my head says that would be really cool and beneficial. Now, what you're saying is never gonna happen. What I'm saying is never gonna happen. Um, it's kind of a free for all. You can't limit choice. Because the genie's out of the bottle. The problem is, you know, anything you say now or do now with NIL is walking it back. You're going to be subject to lawsuits. What you suggest is that kids get three schools. Um, that's going to be, people are going to sue like crazy. Um, it's just, unfortunately, they've let NIL get out of hand and now there's just no way to stuff it back in. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, there's, I think there's we, consequences. We let, you're, you're seeing on Twitter, there's con-
0: there's consequences, right? You're seeing on Twitter. I think it's Darren Heitner is saying that there there are some kids who haven't been paid for their deals now, and they're trying to figure out how they how they go about recouping that money. Do they get a lawyer? They didn't obviously think about it in advance. You know, there's there's tax ramifications that if you don't have somebody on your side, you have no idea you owe taxes, and all of a sudden you <laughs> sign this big deal and IRS is at your door. I mean, this is I think now you're getting to that that 12 month mark of, of NIL, and those ugly stories are starting to pop up a little bit more uh-huh. and more, and you're hearing more and more about them, and and, and and they're going to get worse, Mike. You and I both know they're going to get worse, right? There's going to be a kid who thought he committed to a school to get X amount of money, gets to the school and recognizes, "Hey, you're not getting that money," and that's going to become a thing at that point in time. Schools are going to get blackballed. You know, collectives are going to get blackballed. It's going to be a, a much bigger thing, and you're starting to see some of that creep out now.
1: And and uh, you know,
0: again, I blame
1: I blame uh, you know the NCAA for not having a plan in place here because what they waited and waited and waited for the government to intervene and and make this you know a trust issue and all that stuff um and they wanted federal you know legislation to be passed to limit this um it never happened then they came up with this plan you know bowlsby and and his committee and they came up with this plan which wasn't a bad plan to limit things and they threw that aside because the state started allowing nil and there were like six states that said yes. And then they rushed in to react this and just started it without any plan in place. Um, so essentially it jumped out of an airplane. No parachute, no plan on how to get down to earth. And now it's tumbling and crashing. And all of those things you mentioned are going to happen. Um, you know, kids are going to be able to sue universities. Universities are going to be able to sue kids because the countersuits. Okay, so let's say Quinn Ewers goes to Texas. Let's say he doesn't win the starting job say Hudson Card wins it. Let's say Quinn Ewers doesn't play. Let's say the NCAA doesn't limit the transfers. I mean, uh, eliminate the, the transfers. He's already had his bite at the apple. He's gonna have to sit out a year if he does transfer. His brand has been diminished because he's on his second transfer now and he's no longer, you know, the guy who's, all those NIL deals are in place and those NIL people are all saying, well, we're not gonna pay you for this, that, and the other, you're not starting not bring any value he could potentially sue you know because promises were made whether contractually or verbally yep. and then they could counter sue and they say we're suing when you for sucking you suck sure yeah. you didn't win the job that's the basis of our suit and that's where things get really contentious and ugly um you know i don't really have a solution but i do know that you can't let things go it's going to use my fat person analogy again <sighs> Okay, so, so I'm trying to think of this because I want more fat reels in my Facebook
0: algorithm. Um, sure, sure.
1: You know, okay, so you decided the great idea of stuff in 15 of it a smart car, but let's take a bathroom break. Oh my gosh, no, you can't you got to keep going and going and going because if you stop and let everybody out then everybody's got to get back in. And it's just a nightmare. You've (laughs) got to just, if if you're going to make a poor decision, you got to push, push, push through. Um, and and now we're at the point where you just can't stop, but we're also at the point where you can't stop for a bathroom break. And your smart car is going to be a little mess. It's going to be a mess. Well, I can't wait for
0: the, I can't wait for the first holdout, right? Like, because here's the thing: you're talking about schools and players, but schools, quote unquote, air quotes here, are not involved in this, right? They're not offering NIL deals. They're they're just the places you go, right? So, take a take a University of Miami, where you have John Ruiz, who is the the life wallet guy, who is the guy who is the big money person, sort of pulling the strings on these NIL deals, right? You know, if, if I'm the starting running back, and you know, I signed a deal with him for you know 50k, and all of a sudden, midway through the season, I'm I'm, I'm Heisman candidate right? Hey, I'm not, polite. I want to renegotiate. Like when, when are kids going to start holding out? What are they going to start saying, Hey, I want more money. I mean, you saw it a little bit, I think with the basketball program at Miami, I think it was at uh, Isaiah Wong who essentially said, Hey, I'm worth more than this too. I, I think it's such a Pandora's box and that's the challenge is now you're going to invite a third party in, which is the NIL, you know, sponsor in this in this case the school the kid and then everyone's going to be telling on everybody mike it's going to be that triangle of everyone's telling everybody and that first court decision is going to be fantastic to watch because it's going to implode and we're all going to sit there like this just salivating at all the juicy details coming out
1: and the other thing too is you've got roster disparity like crazy roster disparity you mentioned the texas tech deal every every player gets this that and the other but you know let's say uh arch Manning decided to go to texas tech okay you think he's gonna be lumped in with the others no he's gonna sure. make 10 times 100 million times more than anybody else then you're gonna have disgruntled players who are better um you know will anderson is a great kid he's a very very you know good head on his shoulders smart Bryce Young's making 10 times more than he is now if mm-hmm. will anderson was a malcontent that'd be a problem um or flip it around. Let's say Will Anderson is the best player in college football, which I believe he is. Let's say he's sure. making 10 times more than the quarterback. Let's say, you know, it's Eli Holstein is the quarterback. And he's, mm, okay. Um, you know, then then you've got the opposite. You know, it's just how do you keep everybody happy and you can't. So in a, in a structure, in a corporate structure, people don't know what the others make supposedly, right? You work at a company. You don't, you're not supposed to know what your boss makes, but, but there's tears, yep. you know, you know, you're supposed to make less than your boss and you're okay with that because he's your boss. Now, well, there's, there's make... job
0: descriptions, there's job descriptions and there's pay attached to the job. Like the, the yes. head of the mailroom doesn't make what the, you know, the, the CFO makes, right? So the long snapper isn't going to make what the starting quarterback makes. There, there's, there's pay structures that are, are transparent to you when you sign on for that.
1: Yes, but there's no transparency here. Um, fair absolutely it, that's it, the point point. and the long snapper is not a great example because you know okay what about the starting cornerback you know let's say elias ricks at alabama you know potential top 10 nfl draft pick he comes over from lsu blah blah blah. his job description in his head is that he should make as much money as everybody else um there's there's a feeling of that so if you ran a company where everybody thought they should get as much money as possible and everybody thought they should be making more than the people uh, ahead of them. That's a bit of a nightmare. It, it leads mm, to a yep. morale problem that leads to an organizational problem. You're not gonna listen to your boss. Uh, it, it's, it's bad. And then and the boss here is is Nick Saban. Yeah. You know, when are we going to come to a day and, and I forget who it was, I think it was Jimbo who said, you know, <clears throat> this is going to really cause a lot of firing of coaches. No, it's it's, yes, it's going to everything does. This is gonna cause coaches to say, forget this. I wanna to go to the okay. NFL. I don't yeah. wanna be here. This, this is just unmanageable. Uh, I'd rather go where they're professionals, <clears throat> where they have job descriptions, where they have tiers of pay, where everything is sort of collectively bargained and, and you know, you've got agents representing each player. I'd rather be a coach. Nick Saban would probably, if things got crazy out of control, go back to the Dolphins where he was very unsuccessful than deal with this garbage.
0: Well, you mentioned Jimbo, Nick. Let's, let's transition there. Obviously, uh, for those who have lived under a rock of the last couple of months, uh, Jimbo with an all-time presser basically calling out Nick Saban and threatening to let skeletons out of closets and do whatever it is that he can do based off comments Nick made about uh, Texas uh, A&M buying players. Uh, SEC media days are going on as you and I are recording this, Mike. Where are Jimbo and Nick at these days? Are they friends? Are they enemies? Are they frenemies? Are we, we getting closer to resolution? Or can we expect some more fireworks here? Because let's be honest, that's what we want. Yeah, there'll be more. I
1: think they calmed down. You know, I think Saban said something he shouldn't have said. Um, because he can think it. Everybody can think it. But saying it out loud is completely different. Just like Dabo saying that NIL is not good for college football. You can think that all you want. You can go to bed with that thought. But you can't say it out loud and you can't say what been said out loud. You know, and, and honestly, I, I disagree with what he said, because, you know, if you lump and simplify everything and say that kids are being bought, it, it demeans the efforts of the coaches and all the time yeah. that's been away from the family and all the effort they put into recruiting these kids for four years, all down to a dollar sign. So I, I completely disagree with what he said. He walked it back. He backpedaled this week. You know, he yeah. said uh, everything's fine. We're friends. No, they don't like each other. They never have liked each other. There's clearly something there. Now, for Jimbo to say skeletons, no. I, I I can guarantee you this, I don't know any skeletons, but I can guarantee you in my head, there's a whole lot more in Jimbo's closet than there is in Nick Saban's closet. Just yeah. hunch feeling. So be careful what you say and do. In regards to skeletons, because that's what we want. We want Nick Saban to come out and say, "Oh, Jimbo did this," and, and Jimbo to say, "Nick did that." That's what we want. Oh yeah. Uh, but they'll both lose if they do that.
0: Yeah. The 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 Jimbo defense. And this is a terrible analogy because I recognize the character of these two individuals are way bad different. People. Is it it's bad not. People? It's Jimbo. Reminded me of like Lance Armstrong. When, when you did something wrong, just deny, 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 yell, scream the loudest, like, and that's got Jimbo came out so hot in that press conference and almost made me go, okay, what's he hiding? Because yeah. he is so mad about this. It's yep. like the Lance Armstrong defense, like, just yell and scream and, and threaten everybody else and and hope that that sort of keeps people at bay so they don't come check on you. Like, when I first saw that, I was like, well, Jimbo did something. There's something <laughs> in this Jimbo closet, because why thinks, is he so mad about this? What is it?
1: Me thinks you protest too much? Is that what it yes. says? That's what yeah. The friend's yeah, he really came out and I get it. Like. I get the anger, you know, but yeah, it, it, Saban's got to temper what he says. Jimbo's got to temper what he says. But listen, if, if people accuse me of doing something and I'm so emphatically like defending myself to the point where people stopped asking and I'm still defending myself. Yeah. There's something there's some something's there.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe one of these uh, guys. Probably not. We'll end up on a list one day, Mike. And you put out a list this week that I thought was really interesting because it's it's a nice tri- uh, you know trip down memory lane for those folks. Uh, coaches who should have never been fired. So the Mike Farrell top five coaches who should not have been fired, and uh, you positioned Bo Pelini, uh, the the now beleaguered uh, former Nebraska coach, at the number one spot, and uh, that that prompted a lot of reaction from folks. I was actually surprised at how many people kind of reacted to that. Uh, so for those who aren't looking on screen, you have Pelini one, Phil Former two, Mac Brown three, Mike Leach four, and we don't worry about Carl all at five. Um, what what made Bo number one for you as you thought about coaches who shouldn't be fired?
1: Yeah, and we don't really even worry about two, three, four either. I mean, you know, people talked about Mac Brown being forced out and they talked about Mike Leach, and, you know, being fired for cause and Adam James and all that stuff. Um, you know, Philip Fulmer, <clears throat> but really it was Colini. And, and the reason for that is because, A, people thought it should be Frank Solich, mm. and the reason I didn't put Frank Solich on there is because Frank Solich was very successful in following Tom Osborne, um, they made a mistake in firing, absolutely, he should have been, you know, retained. But they wanted to, you know, build Callahan. They wanted to make a splash. They wanted to improve recruiting. They started to get desperate at the time where recruiting was starting to become national. You know, and, and, and you know, Callahan actually, to his credit, got them recruits from California. I mean, the, the Nebraska fans will remember the name Marlon Lucky forever. He did a good job. And Solich was more the Tom was Warren focused. focus. But the problem is Callahan was a massive failure. But then they hired Polini and he got them back. He got them back. They were in the 2009 you know uh, championship game against texas which they got robbed of they were winning nine ten games every season he got him back so they slipped but they got back and then they did it again they fired a guy now again he's a, he's, he's obtuse that's what i call him uh, he's <laughs> very very polarizing not a freaking friendly nice person um and you know Sure, he might have been an embarrassment to the university in some respects. But he won. He won. Um and it's it's you know, Mike Riley uh that didn't work out and Scott Frost hasn't worked out. Now you're now you're three and nine. Mm-hmm. And you know, now you're crowing and bragging about how you lost games by less than ten points. That's your bragging point. Look at it, we took Oklahoma to the wire. Look at it, we didn't get blown out by Ohio State. Who cares? Nobody cares about that stuff. You guys were winning 9, 10 games every year with with bad bow. So that's why I had him number one. But the, the most responses were, you know, Frank Soler should be there or Pelini had to go. They just made the wrong hire. But that's I mean, Derek Dooley wasn't a good hire after Phil Fulmer. No. Um, you know, Charlie Strong wasn't a good replacement for, for Mac Brown. You can't blame the hire you know and say well we should have fired him but we should have hired somebody better no you blame the fire and, and Bob Pelini i'm not saying he'd still be there today but i'm thinking that nebraska fans really would love to win 10 games in the season again uh and and they would have a completely different attitude nationally about whether they're still a national power with Bob
0: yeah, and you mentioned some names there. It's it's really tough to be the guy that follows the guy, right? Like you mentioned a lot of legendary coaches, Tom Osborne. It's tough to be the guy that follows the guy. Solish did a nice job at that, right, and kept that program sort of running. But I think it's it's – The word I'd use, Mike, is greed, right? Like, it feels like everybody's like, hey, we're we're winning eight or nine games. We should win 10 or 11. You know, we're, we've got, you know, we're scoring 20 points a game. We should score 30. It feels like there's a lot of like greedy, we've got to, we've got to make a change just for the sake of making a change, or we've got to keep up with the Joneses. When in reality, sometimes playing the long game can, can play out for you now. That's a slippery slope because if you play the long game too long, you get left behind in a hurry. Before you know it, you're sitting back on where everybody go? But I think there's there's kind of a counterbalance, you know, b- between how that works. And Nebraska's also been through a lot of AD hires too. It feels like that the AD chair has been sort of revolving from some respects as well. And there hasn't just been a lot of consistency in terms of what it is I think that that they're looking for, what they're trying to be. Now the the Scott Frost thing was, let's get back to old school Nebraska. Let's get back to you know the the black shirts, and we're gonna we're gonna recruit the walk ons, and we're gonna we're going to own Nebraska. And, and here you are, you know, in, in what, year five of Frost, where he's taken numerous pay cuts, fired most of his staff. And, and to your point, Bo Bellini looks like a vision in a desert at this point with what he was able to accomplish at Nebraska.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's, it's intriguing when you think about Nebraska because you're never going to get back to, to where you were. Miami um, Miami could. Tennessee, maybe Nebraska can't geographically, it's just not going to happen. It's just not possible. Um, we're in a day and age of national recruiting now. And and I've seen theories as to why Nebraska is not getting the dominant athletes that they used to and, and one of them was uh, hilarious It is it, it, the the decline of the farming industry was one theory. <laughs> so, I'm not even gonna okay. get into that. But that's not it. Um, another was, you know, allow oh, well, We have nice lakes in Nebraska, but we don't have an ocean. So we can't recruit kids from California. Mm. I'm not gonna get into that one either. I mean, these are just fans. Some of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, What it is, is national recruiting. And still to get to Lincoln, Nebraska, it's difficult. In 2022. Now, again, I was, as a kid, I was expecting by now we would have a transporter, you know, Star Trek, and we'd be able to just beam ourselves, Mm. you know, beam me up, Scotty. Uh, to where we need to be no travel is probably as bad as ever and it's harder than ever to get any place um you know you're in orlando uh there's direct flights there but you know you want to sit in orlando security for three and a half hours uh you You want to just lay down and die um and that's just that's a real city i mean lincoln's it's not that lincoln's not a real city it's just harder (laughs) to get to there's no there aren't as many direct flights there so I'm just saying that that's one example of, of national recruiting is like, it's harder to get these kids on campus, even on official visits. It's, it's more arduous to get them up there. You know, When they do get there in December, it's cold, um, and they are not winning like Ohio State, so you can't overcome the weather difference when you try to recruit the Southeast or Texas or California. On and on we go. National recruiting has killed Nebraska, and I don't think they're gonna be able to get back unless they embrace a system and a coach and 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 a model of consistency wisconsin is a good example iowa is a good example they know who they are right average quarterback play big offensive lineman power running and really good defense and and they win 9 10 games every season on that they've never been to the playoff they'll never win a national title doing that but that's their model and that's what they want to do nebraska fans wanted tom osborne 60 to nothing blowouts and national championships. So the greed level there is nine, 10 wins. Wasn't enough. We want more. And I don't know when they've come to the realization that more is not coming.
0: Could, could NIL balance some of this out? No, I,
1: cause kids don't understand. I honestly think that a quarterback in Lincoln, Nebraska with that fan base, which is the, I, I think that the, the, Strongest fan base in the country, pound for pound.
0: Fair, you know fan what? Fair the
1: yeah. <clears throat> That is their NFL team. They sell out. I mean, they get. They get. Their spring game is. Uh, it's every team's dream, to have that attendance <clears throat> at a regular season game. Um, the 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 passion is beyond belief, and the support for the team is beyond belief. I think you can make more as a quarterback at Nebraska. Than you can at Miami or, or USC. Um, but kids don't think that. You know, Casey Thompson said there's better NL opportunities in Nebraska than there were in Texas, and everybody laughed at him. Um, he's right. But you have yeah. to be successful, and you have to have that kid that thinks, okay, I'm going to go to Nebraska and I'm going to make my money. Um, and they get caught up in the bright lights and all the other stuff of the big city. And oh, yeah, you, here's Dr. Dre and Beats, and you know, here's here's Ruiz and eighty billion dollars in Miami. They get caught up in that. So NIL, I thought might be a potential, you know, difference maker, but it's it's not because kids don't listen. Um, you can make a lot of money in Lincoln, Nebraska, a lot, mm-hmm. if yeah. you're on a successful team and you're a successful player, but. How many big time five-star, four-star recruits are looking at that program? Very, very few, if any.
0: Well, how many stay, right? I mean, Wandale Robinson was there. He was doing really well, and he was like, I'm out of here for Kentucky, right? It, even if you get them there for a year, right? And then they look around after that year, and they go, okay, this isn't it for me, right? So how, how can you get them to stay is the other path. I mean, I think Frost has done a good job getting some of them on campus, but the exodus off campus has been pretty pretty short-term right after that.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's also, uh, you know, that's winning. I mean, if if Nebraska was winning, I think Wondell Robinson would stay and and NIL money. If you know, this was pre NIL, obviously, Wondell Robinson was making big money on a winning Nebraska team. He's not going back to Kentucky. He's not going back home unless he's, you know, obscenely homesick. Uh, I don't think you're losing a kid like that. But it all comes together. You can't be three and nine. And in a great fan market like that, and keep kids and attract kids you have to win. But which comes first? You know, does winning draw four or five star recruits and NIL deals? Or do you get the four and five star recruits, and they're going to lead to winning? They're kind of in this, you know, they're in the circle of crap, I call it where the the wheel is spinning. And there's really only one little sliver there of success, and they haven't hit it yet. And once they hit it, boom, jackpot, it's like the casino, you know, then you're hooked. But until they hit it uh, and those bells go off, they're just going to be sitting there pulling the lever and pushing the button over and over again. And it's just not working.
0: All right. Well, speaking of something that wasn't working, Mike, we were trying this ask Mike thing at the end of the show, and that hasn't taken off. But here's what has taken off. Mike is pissed off. That has taken mm-hmm. off because you've been out on social media. You've got a couple of a little videos out there. By the way, this feels like a segment that is just dying for a sponsor, right? Mike is pissed off, sponsored by the smart car or whatever it is that's out there. So I think this is this is definitely <laughs> a system. sponsorable uh, segment out there. Whatever it is, get find Mike M. Farrell all over Twitter. You can find Mike, sponsor this segment because Mike is pissed off. Mike, I know there's some things you're pissed off about today. Some college football and sports related, some non. Uh, first things first, uh, it's hot where you are, no?
1: Yeah, and I, I tell you why I came up with this is because you know it's not like it's a I'm always pissed off and everybody who knows me uh, knows is it? That, I, that I am. <laughs> but I saw the negativity. I saw I so I put up something about Arch Manning. It goes viral. I put up something about um, you know, but Kayla Williams. It goes viral. And then I, I tested it out and I put up something positive about Anthony Richardson. Right and crickets. And I was like, this is just the world we live in. Everybody's angry. So why am I pretending not to be, hmm. you know, uh, I'm just going to share that with people, But you were pretending
0: they'll... not to be angry. Yeah. that, oh, would be that, that Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That was the nice thing.
1: Well, well played. You know? So, <laughs> so well yesterday, played. uh, it was 95 hmm. and it makes me very cranky because I don't even know, I don't even, there was this, have you seen the new Jackass movie? I have not, no. Okay. So there was something. Um my buddy told me about this yesterday. There's a apparently there's a, a big fat guy. And <laughs> back to the
0: fat guy, here we go. Well, listen,
1: I'm not <laughs> right. a big fat
0: Pissed off Mike, sponsored by Weight Watchers. <laughs> heat
1: and, and fat don't go together. Done. <laughs> so sweat, what they did sweat is sweat. they wrapped them in cellophane and they put them in a sauna or they let them bake in the heat in the hundred degree weather or whatever. And then they unwrapped them and he's just sweating like crazy. And then they 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 used his uh but as a sushi slide
0: mm. and
1: that's how i felt yesterday sushi slide butt
0: yeah i mean that's a visual that i think we'll leave for the audience to figure out i'm well, more concerned you, you angry. had a well it makes me angry too thinking about it I, i'm more concerned you you filmed a video from uh like a clubhouse at your uh, at your place there and there was a fly did you ever get that fly is that did, you, did that ever get worked out for you
1: no, because
0: that pissed me off because I could see the fly was bothering you and you were yeah. you were trying to get into your rant and there was this thing moving around and oh. I, I was mad for you. And that's
1: what else bothered me about that, too, is like, there's, a, you know, I, I've moved. So, I'm, I'm you know, living in a, a great uh, complex, it's got a clubhouse and it's got a little office area and it's got a golf simulator and it's got, you know, a pond and there's everything's beautiful. But. The office is kind of like it's got a table which is shareable and it's got a couch and a chair, but it's not shareable. It's small enough where you're not going to go in there. It's very uncomfortable to work with someone else that you don't know. And there's one guy in there all the time, every day. And I don't know what time he gets there, but you know, when I roll down there at 11 o'clock and I want to work, he's in there and he's Mm -hmm. never not in there. So this opportunity I got, he wasn't in there. I'm like, I don't know, maybe he fell in the pond or something. I was pretty happy. I got in there, closed the door and then there's a goddamn fly yeah. and the fly's like mm. hovering around. And I'm like, and then there's people like slowly walking by the door looking in like they want to come in and I'm trying to do this. So it was very distracting. Yeah. Um, I, I like that place. I do. I like my helmets, but I like that place you know a little bit better to do rants. Um, mm. But here's another one. Last week, it was hot last week, too. And I'm a golfer. I'm not a good golfer at all. Yeah, you know, I got my swim juice hat. Oh
0: there we go. But
1: I was walking nine holes, which I shouldn't be doing. You know, I should be in a cart. Or a smart cart.
0: <laughs> or a smart cart. Um
1: yeah. and, and by yourself though. Not multiple. Bogey. <laughs> bogey. Ooh. Birdie. Par oh. birdie. Oh. That doesn't happen to me. Okay. Mm. And then it got too hot and I had to stop. <laughs> after four <laughs> i went up a hill and i just yeah. couldn't catch my breath and so if you, yeah. if you if anybody remembers the movie um Shack, yeah the guy has the round of his life you know and he's, he's pouring and it's lightning and he drains every putt he drains the last putt on top of a frog in the hole and then he gets struck by lightning and dies that was kind of my week last week where i was like on i was like i should have been on on the open you know i was killing it and mm. then my physical conditioning led to me stopping. Um, all of these things should be a wake-up call, you think, for me?
0: It sounds like you're aware of them, though. I mean, so you know, awareness. You're not, in, deni- not.
1: You're not in
0: denial, at least, you know.
1: It doesn't. Awareness doesn't put salads in front of you, and it doesn't make it <laughs> like taste it. better.
0: There. That should
1: be a bumper sticker. Awareness doesn't
0: put salads. We learned a lot. We've also learned there's, there's no ocean in Nebraska, uh, which uh, I checked it out Mm -hmm. while you were talking. That's actually true. I can confirm no ocean in Nebraska. So uh, this is not only a sports show. It's an educational platform. Like you love golf. I got to get your golf take. Obviously the open championship, which AKA used to be the British open, but now we don't call it that anymore. Who knows why Uh, Rory McIlroy was in position to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shoots a decent round, just doesn't go, doesn't score low enough. Cam Smith comes out of nowhere in the back nine and just lights it, lights it on fire, comes out with the, uh, the Claret jug. And now he's going maybe to the live golf tour. I don't really know what's going on there. Let me get your overall take uh, a, did Rory choke or did Cam Smith just have one of those like out of world performances that no, no matter who you were, you weren't stopping them?
1: Yeah, I, 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 watched, um, 2016, open highlights, the Phil Mickelson versus um, Stenson battle, uh, which is pretty infamous, you know, which now how a, live, a
0: live golf exclusive at this point.
1: <laughs> well, they, they played it, I think, because uh, Stenson, you know, got stripped of his Ryder Cook captaincy scene yeah. and all this other stuff. So, but it was really one of the most epic <clears throat> one, two battles and each person, you know, hit a great shot and nobody choked. Um, it was just Stenson played better. Cam Smith played better. He just Rory didn't play bad. He didn't, you know, he didn't quad a hole. He didn't, you know, he wasn't OB. He was, his putts were on. I mean, one of them just stopped rolling within that. And he missed by a couple inches here and there. Cam Smith's putting was just unstoppable, unbelievable. And you're just not going to beat a guy who could putt like that at the open. So, you know, I was happy for Cam Smith. He's a guy I should really idolize. He lost 40 pounds by giving up peanut butter beer, and something else meat pies um and he (laughs) he used to be chubby and now he's you know thin and has helped his golf game and all that stuff um rory is awesome i like rory i was rooting for rory uh he'll win one this year i mean this year the the majors are over but he he was top 10 in all four i believe yeah Um, you know and his game seems to be back so he'll be fine um while this occurred, I got a couple drop-down notifications. Kirby Smart just signed a, I believe, $125 million contract uh, wow. extension in Georgia. T- okay. 10 years. <laughs> it's, wow. which is, you know, we were talking about Bo Pelini being fired while that came through and, you know, listen, smart move deserves it. Guy's going to recruit great forever. Fun he's intended. Yeah. Have Georgie just, I mean, uh, he's, he's what Mark Rick was supposed to be. Uh, and it's it's working out well for him. And then H- Hideki, I think it is Hideki Matsu- Matsuyama uh, at the 3M. Today's the first day of the 3M. I think he put three in the water on 18 oh. for a quad. Um, I've done that. that I've done that. I, I I'm in a league every Thursday night, and uh, I was through the first five holes. as a like par, bogey, par, par, par. Which for me is crazy because I'm a nine, I'm a nine or ten handicap over uh, nine holes. I'm a bogey golfer, and then the par three over the water, 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 over chip putt nine on a three. After mm. that start, that's golf. It just, it's not good though. Rips your heart out. So. But I love talking about it. I'd rather talk about that than sushi slides. um, I'd rather you do
0: that as well. Yeah, I'd rather you do that as well.
1: I haven't seen Jackass, so it wasn't me that brought this up.
0: It was we kind of, kind of was. So I mean, in, in this construct, it kind of, it wasn't. There was no audience question. Also, a fun fact: um, I actually live in Ponte Vedra, so I live ten minutes away from Cam Smith. I can actually drive past his house, and I live twelve minutes from TPC Sawgrass. So if you're in the Ponte Vedra, Cam Smith wow. just hangs out and walks around all the time. If you're down by Jacksonville Beach, you can, you can see, you can't miss the mullet. So he's, he's super identifiable that's around awesome. parks, I, so. I
1: definitely want to play Sawgrass someday. It, it's it nice. Would destroy me, but um I, I definitely it's want to nice. play that
0: course. And, uh, have you been to the players yet?
1: Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh
0: you gotta I've been go nowhere. Up. You gotta get to seventeen. Le- you gotta get on seventeen.
1: I played my locals and the, the most famous course I've played is Leatherstocking up in Cooperstown, New York. I played that every year. I've okay. never played a real course. I mean, it'd be nice. My buddy paid, I don't know, four hundred bucks to play Pebble Beach once. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. But you know what? I gotta actually go there. I don't wanna go yes. to you know, Orlando. I don't wanna go to Fonte Verde. I don't wanna get in I don't want to sit in an airport anymore. I did that for 30 mm-hmm. years waiting yeah. for flight delay after flight delay and then getting trapped from thunderstorms and never getting home.
0: That's, yeah, it seems unlikely they're bringing the course to you though. So we'll have to figure out a way to get, to get you to play. I have out. a simulator with yeah. Sawgrass <laughs> on it. Okay. That's 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 all that's all you need, Mike. It's been a it's been a blast. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the college football world. Make sure you're following Mike on social media, MFeral Sports. His website, mikeferrellsports.com, obviously is where you can get all these all these articles. I mean, there's like five, six, seven articles a day. You got some lists he's putting out there. There's a lot Crazy. of content from Mike and his team. They're doing a fantastic job. If you want to keep, keep yourself up to date with college sports and college football, specifically, MikeFarrellSports.com is where you want to go. Make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast feed at the Believe Network as well. Uh, and check out you know Twitter. More Pissed Off Mike probably coming soon. I imagine that we'll, we're going to end this, and I imagine you'll see a Pissed Off Mike in like three minutes after this.
1: Maybe or t- today for sure. Okay. Uh, because I got to get a haircut. I hate that. Um, I have my leave tonight. I hate that. Mm. Okay. So yeah, there'll be a
0: lot of stuff coming out. What's with hair? You like haircuts? I hate haircuts.
1: I'm
0: just sitting around waiting. For you just have a hat on all the time, though. Does it matter? It does because it
1: it puffs.
0: It puffs. It gets wingy.
1: Okay. And um, if I took the hat off, it would just be like um like an airbag, you know.
0: <laughs> Back to smart cars. Here we go. I mean, again, if smart car <laughs> isn't a sponsor by next week, Mike, we're doing it wrong. I don't know. What I to could
1: kill you. somebody if I took the hat off.
0: Not good. Don't, don't let's not let's not do that. A lot of death, a lot of smart cars, a lot of other stuff. But this is the Mike Farrell Sports Experience. Thank you for tuning in again. Make sure you again you're following along and check us out uh, probably next week. Uh, until then, everybody, be safe. Take care of each other. We'll see you around. Thank you for listening to Believe.